a taco. A, you love this already? I do. I'm I think you need to bring that down, down, down to the ground. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 152 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie, back in the home office, not on the road, so there's hopefully a decent chance we won't have to do surgery on this thing on the tail end. <laughs> With me, as always, is the other co-host of this fine award-winning broadcast, the Staff Sergeant of Sales Meetings, the one and only Dr. Kirby Hossam. And Kirby, how the hell are you today, sir? I am doing fantastic, and I I feel like I got a little promotion there. Staff Sergeant of Sales Meetings. That's that's correct. Good. Yes, it was a promotion, and I'd like to tell you it's a well-deserved one. It's, I'm not sure it is. <laughs> no, I don't think it is, but I'll take any uh, promotion I can get. But, yeah, things are good here. Things yep. have been uh, busy in a good way, mm-hmm. and so, uh, yeah, I'm loving it. How about you? Things have been very good here. They've been active. I'm going to not use the word busy. They've been yep. active here, and uh, it's been a very, very great week filled with uh, uh, great people, and I'm sure we're going to get into that. You know yes. who else has just a ton of great people, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? So glad you asked, Kirby. That'd be the good folks at Common Skew. You know, they've introduced something new, and I'm not sure you're aware of this, although you might be because I know you're a long-standing Common Skew customer, called Common Skew Shops. Yes. And so if you're looking at it from a big-picture perspective, they've created shops that's really an answer for distributors who struggle with those clunky, clunky and complicated and ugly stores that a lot of times require a whole IT department to really create. Yeah, they totally do. And these shops are sweet. Yeah, yeah. They're new, they're easy, uh, and they're really for CommonSkew uh, users to build quick uh, online ordering solutions for clients. And Because right now, when you look at online stores, Kirby, they really fall into a couple of different categories, right? You have the big, scary stores for the Fortune 1000 <laughs> companies that feel like they're going to cost a billion to build and a billion more to maintain. Right. And then you have those on-demand stores built by a lot of the industry uh, suppliers that may not have all the, uh, the uh, functionality, uh, right. you know, industry providers that may not have all the functionalities you need. But Commons use shops kind of live in the middle, and they're going after that untapped category. It's easy to build. They're perfectly integrated to Commons Q, which is wonderful. From an yeah. aesthetic perspective, they are absolutely beautiful, and they're very, very cost-effective. Now, have you started using the Commons Q shops, Kirby? Yeah, I, I actually have. We've built mm-hmm. a couple um, just to try the, the platform out. And what I would say is yep. when they say they're super easy to build, they're super easy. Like, that's actually my favorite part about it. it they're right. They're aesthetically pleasing. But the idea that you can put one together in, you know, what could be 10 or 15 minutes, that's not an exaggeration. It's really easy. So what you're saying is even I could do it. Even you could do it. Wow, that would be amazing. <laughs> so you know that there's no complicated inventory. There's no complicated purchasing method. Commonskew shops are really a frictionless experience that eliminates communication hassles, complicated ordering, and multiple data entries. And if you want to learn more, gosh darn it, you should want to learn more. Go ahead and visit commonskew.com shops. Learn all about it. You're not going to be sorry that you did. Sweet. Kirby, are you ready to broadcast at a platinum level today? I will do my best, my friend. Excellent, excellent. Why don't you, uh, before we 
go. Let me remind everybody they can find this podcast in all of Promo Corner podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search Promo Corner and subscribe. Kirby, do you want to start us off with a topic this morning? Or would I you do. like me to go ahead and start? Right. I will start you off, mainly because I want to ask you about sort of a big announcement that you guys made. And, yeah. you know, not to try and be a commercial for Promo Corner, but for no, me, No, please. This is... be, be a commercial for Promo <laughs> Corner. That's okay. No, it's just this was super interesting to me that you uh, made a new hire this week. So, Kelsey Cunningham, who I uh, admire and think a lot of, you just hired. I was excited to see that. And I, I always get excited when I see sort of teams together. You and I have yeah. talked about that in the past, where you start seeing dream teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about the new hire with Kelsey. Tell me about that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so did hire Kelsey Cunningham. And, you know, we we started looking at our business, I'd say, really hard uh, about three two, three months ago. Um, I've been at Promo Corner about two years, and, and we've we started building a, a great team and really am, am very pleased with the team we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was looking at what we're doing, the work we're doing, and I'm a believer, and we've talked about this on the podcast, that every about 18 months to two years, it's very important to look internally, not just at your logo, but how you're going to market, who your target audience is, how they've shifted, and where do you think they're shifting to. Right. And so it took a very hard look at really, you know, what we're, what we're doing. And I, I felt strongly that it was time to make a shift. Mm-hmm. And that shift is, and, and I wrote this in a blog, was kind of a, a promo corner manifesto of sorts <laughs> where I kind of threw things out there um, that uh, we need someone to drive the creative process. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean, historically, we at Promo Corner, especially on the email side of things, we will, would take um, a flyer, a digital flyer. We might create that digital flyer, but and many times we wouldn't. we take that out and send that uh, digital flyer out to our email list, which is scrubbed and it's accurate and it's, it's valuable and all of that. But I think we need to do more. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to start driving the work and start really doing some critical assessing of where our clients are uh, are living, who their main target audience is, and how we can really move them to action um, beyond um, just here's a special this month right. and here's a special next week. And so we started an internal shift where I was kind of acting as a creative director right. and working with our clients, understanding all the things on their end. Um, and I've used the analogy of a bow tie. I've used it internally in a little bit when I've talked about this externally. So I look at the creative director position as kind of the middle of that that knot in the bow mm-hmm. tie. And on one end where it's wide, you have the client. Who is their target audience? What do they want them to do? How do they want them to do it? What, are their, what is their mission statement? What do they stand for? And all those things. And I, the, the creative director sits in the middle, brings that down to a knot, understands that, and then takes it back out on the other side of the tie and helps our creative team internally, um, our designers and our video people and all of that, interpret that message into a cohesive campaign that's going to move people to action. And then that all that work will flow back through the tie to the knot, and then the creative director is going to share, you know, work with uh, the client to make sure that that message is getting across and using a variety of different vehicles. And so I served as kind of the interim creative director for, for a couple months, and I thought it would be well-received, and it was a, a, it, 
exceeded my wildest expectations. Mm. You know, the response we've gotten from the clients has been great. And so I've really started looking at how we're approaching everything as an organization. And so um, I'm changing a lot of the things that we're going to be doing. We're not going to be known as a digit, you know, as a marketing services provider anymore. We're just a marketing agency. Period. Okay. Um, we're going to be focused on doing work that matters. We're going to do work that's creative. We're going to do work that is unique. We're going to create work that's original. We're going to create work that's effective. We're going to create work that drives behavior, and we're going to create work that's contagious. And so that was kind of you know our theme this week as a team is you know we're going to do work for our clients that matter, and this job. Um, and we interviewed a ton of people. I'm not going to lie. We interviewed a ton of people both in the industry and out of the industry. And, you know, Kelsey really acquitted herself so well. I mean, it was a very clear and obvious choice for us because of the way she has a long and rich history in the industry of relating to people and communicating to people. And so much of this job is really communicating yeah. a vision and explaining that both internally and externally in her ability to do that and her ability, for lack of a better term, to not accept bullshit is quite refreshing. And so she's going to really <laughs> drive a lot of positive behavior internally and she's going to really um, do a lot of work that matters and quite frankly she's going to take a lot off my plate and it's going to help me be a lot more strategic and do some of the things that uh, unfortunately have had to take in a back seat so um, uh, we couldn't be more happy more happy hi i'm bill i speak english good um, we couldn't be happier that kelsey's here and so I'm, I'm glad you asked but yeah it it's uh kind of a big deal for us yeah that's awesome man i'm excited for you and i'm excited for kelsey it'll be it'll be fun to, to see how this this progresses yeah let me ask you i mean how did you see you read my blog what did you think of like the when we're, we're we want to take an active role in shaping the messaging of each client well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense to me, but of course, I mean, that's sort of what our organization does too. And so it's a having someone, and, and what's funny is we're calling it different things, right? But I just hired somebody who, yep. with the idea of taking some of that piece off my plate, partially because we needed, like you talked about, sort of the, the someone to drive the vision. But the yep. other piece is just there's a, there's a point at which I became the bottleneck in the industry. We couldn't add more clients because I couldn't right. meet with more clients right. um, than, and then execute on what we were meeting about. And sure. so um, I, it makes total sense to me. Um, obviously, I think any time like this, you don't, and I don't think this is what you're doing, is abandoning the, you want to dance with the date that brung you? Is that what oh, the, the saying is? Yeah, absolutely. No, we're, <laughs> we're just adding. We're, yeah. we're, not, we're not taking anything away. We're going to continue doing a lot of things we've always done. It's just we're going to take the next step and really help, hopefully, drive work that yeah. matters. Cool. I like it, man. Yeah, and you know, and like you, you know, we've talked about this before. You hire for culture. Yes. And you know, one of those things we had the whole team here this week um, in Nashville, and watching Kelsey interact with everybody, um, you know, such a great cultural fit. So that that's you know that's, that's huge. That's, yeah, it's I, it's enormous. Yeah, I actually so many times. I mean, we've talked about this before. I think. Um, it's cliche, but it's cliche mm -hmm. because it's true. I mean, so many of the skills, there are certain skills that you absolutely have to have, yep. but so many more that you can kind of evolve or grow as long as the, you know, you still want to come to work and work with these folks. Yep, absolutely. You know what? You can't teach care. Yeah, that's right. That's you can't right. teach care. All right, Kirby. I want to go move on to a little more serious topic, if you're okay with that. Okay, sure. All right, yeah. Taco Bell's launching a hotel. So... <laughs> Okay. 
Taco Bell is launching a hotel called The Bell. A love taco. A, you love this already? I do. I'm I think you need to it. bring that down, down, down to the ground. <laughs> taco Bell, a Taco Bell hotel and resort in Palm Springs, California. Resort. Yeah. So it's a pop-up hotel. So it's only going to be around, I think, for like three, four months. Okay. Um, it's described as a taco oasis. Okay. <laughs> complete with, dad joke alert, complete with bell hops. Uh, and sauce packet floaties. Okay. I don't even um, know what that means. But like a, I think like a, a water, you know, you, a little water float. It's probably okay. the shape of a sauce packet. Okay. Um, it's going to be completely immersive in the Taco Bell brand. So there's guest rooms, there's breakfast, poolside cocktails. All of them will have a Taco Bell twist. Obviously, this is kind of silly, but it's going to get some attention. And yep. what I want to ask you from my marketing perspective I think we're seeing a lot more of these pop-up things. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think the value is of a pop-up hotel like this? Something that's so far outside of Taco Bell's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? I, I love it so much; it makes me smile. Really? Good. Yeah, I think it's. Okay. I, I think it's. Again, the moment you said it, I laughed. Yeah. I had a mm-hmm. sort of a, a an internal just like uh, reaction to it that I think. A lot of people will. Yeah, it's silly, and I actually love. The, I love that it's a pop-up thing. It's not something they're going to try and maintain forever. Um, but I'll tell you, this immersive thing. If you're a fan yeah. of a brand, you're all in on something like this. The the Brew Dog in uh, it's in Columbus, Brew Dog's second uh, brewery, which is a Scottish brewery. They they built their second brewery in Columbus, Ohio, and they built a hotel attached to it. Mm-hmm. With like, oh, there's only like. Boy, don't quote me on this, but I want to say there's only like 20 or 30 rooms in the hotel. Mm-hmm. But in the hotel, there, I mean, you have taps, you have beers in the shower. Mm-hmm. You have, like, it is completely immersive of the uh, sort of the brand and, and what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And, I, like, I can't wait to stay there. Okay. <laughs> I think it's super interesting. And I think if you're a fan of Taco Bell, or quite honestly, I'm not a fan of Taco Bell, I still think this would be interesting to go see. So no, I, I I'm get, a fan. No, I, I get that. And so here's what I think about these pop-up things and immersive experiences, I think they cut both ways. So when I look at the Taco Bell one, it's fun, right? It makes me laugh. It makes me smile. But there is no way in hell I'm sleeping on a sauce packet, okay? I'm just not going to go there. I'm not, I have no interest. I think where these pop-up things, and this is where our industry is so pivotal, right? right. Really creating that immersive experience. Yeah. Um, I think it works much better for a brand like what you were talking about, a small regional brand where they have the opportunity to be nimble. Like you said, are there really crazy fans of Taco Bell? It's not like White Castle where they have actual crazy fans or Whataburger or In-N-Out Burger or things like mm-hmm. that. People seem to like tolerate Taco Bell, and it usually, <laughs> you know, usually the the I think the cycle of Taco Bell is hunger, eat, regret. Um, I don't see it as this immersive experience that people are, like, clamoring for. But I do think it's good for them. It gets attention, and it's fun and cheeky. So from that level, I think it works. But for an actual immersive experience, I don't I don't think it works. Yeah. Um, but for, like, a regional beer brand, a small clothing brand, um, to do th- something that's so far outside their wheelhouse and then leverage promotional products to do it, yeah. I think is genius. But I think I think you really have to do it right. And it sounds yeah, like yeah. the the what was the brew what's the brewery you uh, mentioned? Brew dog. Brew dog. It sounds like they're doing it well, right? Yeah. 
Well, again, so I would tell you about BrewDog. So uh, people from around, it's not that far from us. It's about an hour and a half from me, right? Yeah. And so David Schultz from Common Skew and other people in our industry, Dana Zezzo, have emailed yeah. me and been like, hey, wh- how close is this to you and can we go and stay there? Right. And so uh, it has certainly created conversation. On the Taco Bell thing, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I don't think, you know, you would never sleep on a sauce packet. You're probably not their target demo either right like so i think it's probably a younger market mm-hmm. and uh, again i keep coming back to the idea the the fact that it is a pop-up is a short-term thing i think it does make some sense i think it's interesting i i, I like it yeah yeah no i totally i totally get that but i cool. don't okay Kirby, you got <laughs> okay. another topic i do i do um all right. So as you know, I kind of go around uh, LinkedIn looking for topics. And one of the more recent ones was sort of a whole article about having success in their in people's careers mm-hmm. without having a degree. Okay. Um, you and That's I have true. had the conversation a little bit mm-hmm. about uh, how I think both of us agree that we're at a little bit of a tipping point for college education. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's bad, but I think that we're starting to get to that place where people have to evaluate just like you would in any other purchase. You have to evaluate the value versus, you know, what you're paying for it. Right. Um, but I was curious. I knew that you had just hired somebody. Yep. Um, and as you are hiring, regardless of, um, regardless of position, do you pay a, um, any attention, a little attention, a lot of attention to – a college degree when you're hiring? That's a good question. I, I think it depends on what I'm hiring for. Right. Okay. So Kelsey Cunningham, did you did it matter? Um, yes and no. I mean, okay. with, with her, I know she has a degree, um, but she's been in the industry for 16 years. So she's yep. got experience. So um, at that point, experience would trump any sort of piece of paper. What I always look at you know, when I'm hiring, especially if it's for, for lack of a better term, an entry-level position, um, Having a college degree shows me you can start and finish something. Yep. Um, so I like it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can I can I just interject that for one second? You already I've said, did. I've said that too. Yep. But does it? And and I'm and I'm actually honestly trying to get my own head around this. Yep. Is okay. A college degree says you can start and finish something. Yeah. Doesn't an associate's degree say that? Doesn't yes. a six month certification say that? Yes. Doesn't like uh, you know what I mean? Like that's it doesn't does it have to be a bachelor's degree? So I'm going to answer your question this way: um, hustle, drive, and care will trump a degree every day of the week for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, but again, if I'm hiring an account, yeah, I want a degree. <laughs> yeah, if, I'm ha- if I'm hiring a salesperson, it may not matter as much. If I'm hiring a marketing person, I can see pluses and minuses. So to me, it's, it's, it's hire dependent. Right. Um, but then, you know, I think it tells part of the story. I guess this maybe that's the way I'd like to explain this. Having a college degree or not having a college degree um, is only part of the story. Right. It doesn't, you know, having a college degree does not automatically make someone uh, intelligent. It doesn't make them more passionate. It doesn't show care. It's just a thing. It's part of a painting, right? right. It's only one color of that painting, and I want to see all the colors. So yeah. um, I don't think it's what it was when I graduated from college or when right. you graduated was, from college yep, where it yep. was like, 
I feel like I can't even interview for a job unless I have that degree. I don't think we're at that point any longer. I've I've said we had the conversation I know before, but I truly believe the next generation of workers in our country are going to come out of community colleges because they're far more affordable. Um, and in some cases, like here in Tennessee, you know, you, you know, we live in a state where they really are trying to push education. Obviously, there's a negative stereotype here in the South of, you know, a bunch of slack-jawed yokels. But you, you can go to community college for two years for free. It doesn't mm-hmm. cost you a dime. Yeah. Well, then and, it's a different conversation. Yeah. yeah so, absolutely. but I mean, just because someone can't afford to go to Auburn and spend, you know, $180,000 and leave with $120,000 in debt, even though they worked like, you know, their tails off during their education, that doesn't show me anything other than that maybe they really wanted to get that degree. But again, it, I think it, it's, to me, it's so dependent on the discipline. Yeah. Lawyer, want a degree. Doctor, yeah, um, yeah totally want a degree. <laughs> I saw a bunch um, of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Social media manager. I don't know if it matters. Things are moving too quickly, and I'm not sure the traditional education system speaks to that. Same thing maybe with maybe with marketing. So okay. I think it's a – I know I'm babbling because, um, you know, we got to – used to that, dude. Well, look, we got to fill a 30-minute podcast every <laughs> week, so I'm trying to, to stretch it out a little bit because I only have one topic this week. Um, so, um, but I, does that answer your question? Yeah, I think it does. I, I and I think the I like the analogy that it's only a piece of the puzzle kind of thing, um, because I, again, does it matter? Yes. Um, I think anytime people are, in my mind, anytime people are furthering themselves and educating themselves, sure. that shows me something. I don't know that personally, as I'm hiring right this minute, I care how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, what the, the article was talking about how Nike and some of the again the big boys. And girls are now hiring people without degrees. Yeah. And that's the shift we're seeing. Yeah. Like us as small uh, businesses doing it, I think we probably were doing it a little sooner. Absolutely. But the, but the idea that the larger corporations are looking at it that way is, I think, a big shift. Well, I so. think you're seeing a big pushback against big education. I think you're, you're, you know, the traditional how education has worked. I think we're, we're again, everything's cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. We're going back to almost more of an apprenticeship model in a lot of ways. Right. Um, and, and I think that's a good thing. I think yeah. that's a really good thing. And you know, one of the things I think I would, I, I, and I, as we're having this conversation, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, when I'm looking to hire someone next time, I might ask them, why did you go to college? Why was that important to you? Yeah. And then I would ask the same question, you know, I see you don't have a degree. Tell me about that. Because, right. you know, if someone doesn't have a degree, but they say, yeah, you know, um, I grew up um, a little, I, I was a little lower middle class. We didn't have a lot of money. And, you know, maybe a, a parent got sick. And so I needed to go to work right away. And I learned the value of work and all that. Boy, that's an impressive story. Right. That's far more impressive than, man, I went to college and, dude, such a great time. <laughs> yeah. Such a great time. <laughs> Which was essentially what I was saying when I got yeah. to college. No, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, you know who else has a great time, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? That'd be our promo person of the week, and we are there right now. As I would like to remind everybody, it's dedicated to highlight the one person in the promotional products industry. Age, gender, and affiliation does not matter. But that one person who is grabbing our attention and making us take notice. Are you ready? It is my turn to reveal the official unscripted, official for official people, unscripted, (laughs) official promo person of the week. Are you ready? I am excited. 
This week's promo person of the week is the one and only Mason Lynn from Raining Rose. If you're not familiar with Mason Lynn, you shouldn't be in the industry. Go ahead and turn (laughs) in your PPAI membership immediately, ASI affiliation membership. You're done. Um, No, so Mason Lynn, he works at Raining Rose. What has impressed me about Mason is he has only been in the industry about two and a half years. Mm. He has earned his CAS. He is on the board at PPA Chicago. He has attended LEAD twice, which is where he's gone to Washington, D.C., and advocated with uh, the the contingent that goes there, uh, advocated to uh, Congress on behalf of the industry. He's on the Spark Work Group. He's going to be speaking at PPI Expo next year, I understand. He is speaking at the Spark event uh, this summer. You talk about a guy that has invested in the industry. You know, it's one thing to be involved. It's another thing to be invested. And that guy is invested. And every time you talk to him, he's very thoughtful when he speaks. He's very, he's always learning. We just talked a little bit about learning. That guy's always learning. He's observing. He's taking things in. And he is uh, just a a true gentleman in every sense of the word. So I would say Mason Lynn from Raining Rose. That's a fine choice. I, you know, it's funny, exactly what you said. He and I have talked many times, and you're exactly right in the sense that he's constantly learning. And the other thing is, and you've kind of you alluded to it, but he's just a good dude. Like he's just he a is, nice guy. You know what I mean? Like such a good dude. He really yeah. is. Yep, I love it. That's a good one, man. Yeah, awesome. You know what else is good, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be good people at Tervis who sponsor Fill in the Blank this week. Love that Tervis classic line, Kirby. Mm -hmm. You know, Tervis added um, stainless steel to their well-established line about two years ago with the goal of being better than the competition by utilizing state-of-the-art custom 360-degree UV printing. And Kirby, 360 degrees means it goes all the way around that drinkware. (laughs) That's That's impressive. Yeah, it is super impressive. They're available in four sizes. Kirby, 12 ounces, 20 ounces, 30 ounces, and that oh-so-popular 24-ounce water bottle. It's got a five-year warranty, Kirby. Five years. Wow. You're going to lose that thing on the beach well before you even need to think about that warranty. It's copper-lined. It's vacuum-insulated. It's going to keep your drink hot for eight hours. It's going to keep your drink cold for 24 hours. There's really not a better drinkware piece on the planet. That's, so, dude, Tervis is awesome. They really are. Um, so that Tervis Q2 promo, which we've been talking about, includes two of their most popular items. We just talked about the 12-ounce stainless steel tumbler and then their t- classic 24-ounce uh, tumbler, which is on special now through June 30th. So if you want to learn more, and, and I know you, you, you do, people are probably pausing this podcast right now saying, Bill, tell us how we can learn more. Well, patience, everybody. I'm about to. Go to TervisPromos.com, and you're going to get all the information you need. Love it. Awesome. Kirby, do you have a theme for fill in the blank this week? I do. I do. It's celebrities. Celebrities. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. The celebrity you would most like to have a beer with is... Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> oh, and by the way, yes. your answer cannot be Eddie Van Halen on every one. No, this, 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 <laughs> I'm going to do the first person that pops in my head. Actually, I I, actually, I, actually it's not going to be Eddie Van Halen. It would actually be Sammy Hagar, um, oh, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because I think, uh, first of all, he's a really – I think we've talked about Sammy Hagar. So there's Jimmy Buffett who has built this lifestyle brand. Um, I don't think he's put out new music in, in a long time. He does a lot of collaborative stuff like with Zach Brown and things like that, but really hasn't put out new music but has built a lifestyle brand and kind of has a touring party 
It's what he does. Mm, yeah. Hagar's done the same thing. He built a tequila brand from nothing, sold it to sold it for a hundred million dollars, and then started another started a rum company. Sold that. Now he's got this. It's called Mezquila. It's half mezcal, half tequila. The guy's a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. He is. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's seen Sammy Hagar lately. You should Google a picture. Uh, do Google search for Sammy Hagar. The dude is 72 years old, can still hit just about every note. Yeah. Uh, he can't. And I think he would have some really interesting stories to tell about his time in Van Halen and out of Van Halen. Um, so I, I would have, I would love to have a beer with Sammy. I like it. That's a good one. All right, Kirby. I have a theme this week. It's called sales meetings, Kirby. Okay. The best sales meeting you ever attended was blank. The best sales meeting I ever attended was, you know, I think that um, J.I. Lee Wayne, that when that kind of crossover happened, there was a, they, they did it right. And they, they did an EME style meeting before I knew what an EME style meeting was. So in other yep. words, we had, you know, every 20 minutes we met with another supplier. There was motivation. We brought the whole team together. Um, they generally did it in like an embassy suites or something like that. And there was like, again, there was a su- succession of years. And every year I looked forward to that, not only because of the sort of the camaraderie, but man, I was like, I, I left with my mm-hmm. brain so full. And that was, that was awesome. That was a good one. That's good. Okay. Yep. All right. Celebrities, back to that. The celebrity you most would love a shout out from on social media is? Um, I think the obvious one would be Gary Vaynerchuk, but I'm going to go with Seth Godin. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when I think of what we're trying to do here at Promo Corner and doing work that matters, mm-hmm. there, he, Seth Godin, it seems effortless what he writes, what he, how he speaks, and how he delivers a message. Um, but I know there's an incredible amount of thoughtfulness behind it. And so I, I would have to say Seth Godin. You know, when I think oh of God. work that matters, it's Seth Godin. Yep, that's a good one. Blank, Kirby, is the worst way to begin a sales meeting. <laughs> With uh, bad news. With bad news. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think so many times like, it, the best sales meeting comes off as like you want to pump people up, you want to make people laugh, you want to make them excited to be a part of the organization. I've been a part of one where where someone walked up uh, to the uh, you know microphone and essentially um, the first thing we talked about was somebody in the organization uh, had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, it was like it, that's an impossible uh position for a leader to be in, but the entire meeting was different um, mm-hmm. because that's that's how it started. So I would say if you can not start off a sales meeting with layoffs or death, that's a good start. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Yep. All right. The celebrity that is a celebrity that you just don't understand why is... Oh my gosh. Where, where do I begin? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go with... Okay. I'm, I'm, this is... There's so many. I'm like having comment overload right now <laughs> the obvious ones are the kardashians and all right. that um i'm gonna go with nancy grace oh okay she is um a, a court like a she's a a, a contributor on 2020 Okay. And when I don't know if you ever watch 2020 on Friday nights, but usually they have like murder porn, so it's like a two-hour thing about you know somebody who got killed and the trial and all that. She's kind of a, a trial analyst, and she just the way she speaks 
is so despicable to me. It's so <laughs> disrespectful to the victims. It's disrespectful to the accused. It's very condescending. It's very, it just, I can't stand her. And she, I don't understand what the appeal is there, other than that she draws me off sides. Okay, that's a good one. I don't know if it's a good one or not, but it's what it is. Blank Kirby is the number of optimal breaks in a day-long meeting that you should have to allow you to run your business. Uh, I would go five is the number that pops into my head. Okay. Uh, so two in the morning, lunchtime, mm-hmm. two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm, I'm a believer in really short breaks. Yeah. Uh, so just let me um, check in, uh, quick email. Just make sure there's no nothing on fire. Mm-hmm. Go to the bathroom and then get back after it. I think right. that if you build that in, it allows me to focus more mm-hmm. uh, intensely while mm-hmm. I'm there. I think so many times people don't build that in. Yeah. And then half the time they're not mentally there anyway. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, and this was just a recent one that we talked about after the OPA Sale Safari, uh, it was a great event. I actually wanted like a place where we could kind of rehash um, what we just learned as a team. Yeah. Like almost build that in. So it's like to sink in the learning a little bit. So um, I think breaks in meetings are underrated. Uh, couldn't agree more. Cool. Um, the celebrity crush you have is... I don't have a lot of celebrity crushes, Kirby. Other than um, Eddie Van Halen. No, I'd say my ce- <laughs> my celebrity crush would be Kirby Hossman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't. I'm not a star. Um, Blanker, for lack of a better term. I just don't care. Like celebrity doesn't impress me. Um. So I don't think of it that way. Sure. I, I guess the closest I would come is probably when I was younger. Uh, I always thought Jennifer Aniston was very cute. How's that? That would have been my number one answer right off the bat. So, Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool. Kirby. When the speaker is boring, you look at social media blank times during the presentation. Um, assuming the presentation is an hour? Yes. Or, we're going to assume okay. the presentation is 60 minutes or, if you're in Ohio, one hour. Yes. Uh, I'd go four to five times. Four um, to five times? Yeah. It's, again, are you faking and, work while you're doing it, or are you just like, oh, I'm no. so I'm checked no. out? If, if, the, if the speaker's bad, then, you know um, – then you know I don't even feel bad about it, but I will right. say that it they got to be bad. I'm a person who really enjoys listening to speakers. Yeah. So like generally speaking, I'm all in. Uh, so you got you got to work to lose me. If you lose me, screw it. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Now I get it. <clears throat> totally cool. get it. Um, I don't have any more. Are we out? Are we done? Yeah. I think I think that's it. All right. So Kirby. We are now at rapid fire, and I made okay. this very very easy for you this week. Ooh, Let me go over good. the rules. I'm just going to give you two choices, two choices only. Just the first one that pops in your head. Kirby, I can't underscore this enough. There are no right or wrong answers. The theme this week, do you understand the rules? I No. Oh, you don't? <laughs> sure. Okay, let's do it. The theme this week are gladiators and Roman emperors, Kirby. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? C, yes. Commodus or Augustus? Augustus. Tri- Trajan or Titus? Titus. Priscius or Versus? Perseus. Marcus Aurelius or Claudius? Marcus Aurelius. Tiberius or Vespian? Tiberius. Maximus Thrax or Galba? Maximus Thrax. Uh, Severus Alexander or Nerva? Severus Alexander. Antonius Pius or Carasala? Antonius Pius, it's just easier to say. Otho or Pertinax? (laughs) Pertinax. Spartacus or Syrix? 
Spartacus. Caligula or Nero? Caligula. Wrong, Kirby. Caligula was a horrible human being. He persecuted his people and did un- 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 unmentionable things to them. I- I'm really disappointed. I- again, I don't understand how every week you seem to not be able to get this straight. But you know who gets things straight, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Kirby, that'd be the good folks at Common Skew. They've introduced Common Skew shops, and they are—they live right in the middle in that untapped category. They're easy to build, perfectly integrated into Common Skew. They're beautiful to look at, and gosh darn it, they're cost-effective and really easy to build. It's a great way to create yet another beautiful piece for your clients. So yeah, if you want, also easy to build. They are super easy to build. Did I say that like five <laughs> times or something? I must have. Um, but that just shows you how easy they are to build. I can't stop talking about how easy they are to build, Kirby. Yep. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to all the good people at Common Skew for this read. It doesn't seem like it's going all that well. But anyway, if you want to learn more, and, and I think you probably should because we're doing a really bad job here, um, visit commonskew.com slash shops. You won't be sorry you did. And I'm off to go ahead and call Mark and Catherine Graham and apologize. <laughs> No, they want, they want people to know that they're easy to build. I think that's great. Well, yeah, I think, I think, okay, we got it. Guys, Comiskey <laughs> Shops, easy to build. Comiskey.com slash shops. Kirby, it was really great talking to you. I'm going to go apologize now. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.